0: Right, so welcome again to another wellness friday segment this is stacy scott and of aim tanzania also known as africa integrative medicine No people will be coming in um i will try to catch your questions if you're seeing us here on facebook uh on my timeline um i may or may not be able to answer your questions until after uh but you know, if you will sign into Zoom, you can interact with us directly because I might not be able to a- answer your questions because I can't see them. All right. So um, anyway, so I'm just going to go ahead and get started here. And I think I just lost my questions. So give me just a moment. Always something, right? Do to do. <clears throat> Sorry about that you guys, so <clears throat> today we are discussing COVID and you know trying to stay healthy, uh, do our best to keep ourselves healthy during this time. And you know for those of, uh, I've had quite a, we, we've done one on this before. Uh, Caroline and Tiffany, you know, welcome. Thank you for being my guest. Uh, And um, we've done something on COVID before. It was like a few months ago, but it was just people sharing their experiences. Uh, I have never had it. I'm here in Tanzania and we're just not dealing with um, things here as far as uh, the pandemic is everywhere else around the world. Like you don't really see people wearing masks here and um you know we things were closed down here a lot as it was um everywhere else in the world for the first seven eight months and then as the borders reopened you know when i when i came back home here things were just you know just normal so um you know i i don't really talk about vaccine versus, uh, versus People who are non-vaxxers or that sort of thing, that's not what this is about. Uh, this is about just uh, trying to maintain health. I don't really care whether somebody is vaccinated or not. Uh, just wanting uh, everyone to do their best to keep themselves healthy and about keeping their families healthy because, you know, someone knows someone, even if you haven't been affected by um, the virus. You know someone who has whether they've gotten through it okay and you know some of us um some people haven't made it they haven't been blessed enough to to make it through it so you know that's the focus of this is just just trying to give people tools to help them to make it through the um this pandemic because it shall pass just as everything does um so yeah so um you know everyone who's on um if you've been in my audience uh before you definitely know that we're open to questions and we welcome questions and so that's what we're here to do um so without further ado i'm going to go ahead and uh, get started um so i have caroline on here and tiffany so caroline is uh actually a doctor of Do you do Chinese medicine or oriental medicine? Because I know they have like these.
1: No, they actually when I was getting my doctorate is when there was this big move to stop using the word oriental. And that's when the college changed their name. So my doctorate is actually in acupuncture and Chinese medicine.
0: Got it. Okay, got it. And so um, thank you for clarification on that. yeah, so Caroline is in New York and she teaches at the med school, Pacific College of Health and Science, which used to be when I was there, Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. Um, so they made that big shift uh, about what, like three years ago?
1: The name change was probably two, three years ago, but the shift mm-hmm. started around five years ago. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and that was about when I came here (laughs) so when all of that started happening. So uh, Caroline um, uh, teaches herbs or or was teaching herbs at the time Um, and that's how we know each other because I was one of her students and uh, so I really enjoyed that class a lot. The other ones like gave me the fits but I really loved your class Um, and Tiffany um, is an RN. Uh, She's in Maryland and we're actually cousins, so you know I, I thank you both for agreeing to this. Is my first one of the year, so I I did a series uh, last last year. That was my first series, um, and so these this is my first episode. And I thought, like COVID, uh, with everything that has been going on and the Omicron, um, Om- uh, whatever you call that, is it Omicron? thank you because I keep hearing people saying Omarion and like I said um, like you know not making light of you know this is not like a a funny situation but um, really we're not dealing with it like that over here so sometimes I don't want to sound insensitive but um, Omicron I wanted to get that correct. So um, we'll just go ahead and get started. So I'm going to start with you Caroline if you don't mind um i know we've talked a little bit but can you tell us about yourself uh, your practice and your career so far sure
1: um, very happy to be here i love what you do i told you many times so i'm delighted really <laughs> to share my experience with you as well from many moons ago i am um, i've been in practice for about 30 years and so my experience has gone through many many evolutions but it's always been based in the new york area and i for, you know, for fortune or not, have really been in the midst of the worst of the COVID from, you know, from really the beginning. And I had um, sort of an inside track because I was studying with a teacher in China who we would actually do live Zoom case reviews in January and February of 2020. And I could just see it coming like a tsunami of disaster. And when it hit New York, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, the shutdown affected everybody everywhere, but the death and disaster rate was unprecedented. So when we first went into it, it was a lot of shock and awe and everything shut down, including I could have actually stayed open. There was a a sort of caveat for essential workers to stay open if you could provide a service that would be in service of minimizing complications from the epidemic. So, if I could keep someone with back pain or a migraine or something out of the hospital using acupuncture and herbs, that would have been a benefit. However, there were no personal protective equipment to be found. There's no masks. There's there was nothing. Even my dentist had his position. So we couldn't open for three months. I was closed solid. And then when I reopened, um, I sort of went back. I have a very small private practice and my teaching went all to Zoom and has been for the last two years. I have not returned to any in-person teaching. So I teach still at the college in the herbs program, but I also teach in several doctoral programs across the country. And I can do a lot more because I don't have to travel, but it's, as you know, it's very different doing it like this, right? <laughs> so the limits of yeah.
0: <laughs> that
1: are that I had, um, I. Couldn't see anybody in person, so there wasn't much I could do with acupuncture. I did have a few people I would do a Zoom call or a FaceTime call with and uh, teach them some acupressure points they could do to relieve different things. But mostly, I was doing uh, what I was calling verbal DoorDash. So I don't know if you know DoorDash there, but they basically you mm-hmm. call and order your food and they bring it to your house. So people would have right. an appointment. And I would write them a formula, go over to my office, fill the formula, and then drop the herbs off at their doorstep. So I was just doing kind of local driving around of dropping off of formulas for people at very varying stages of, um, you know, disaster. Some ended up in the hospital, some didn't. That was sort of in the early days, but it was different than how I've ever practiced before because my main practice was mostly in women's health and women's reproductive health. So I work a lot with women trying to get pregnant and women through their pregnancy and going through menopause. And um, it sort of became this whole other world of specialty that everyone had to kind of fine tune a bit. So my regular practice, which is really who I am more than anything as a clinician is how I spend most of my time. But I really, really love teaching. And I do a lot of mentoring as well, since I'm considered an elder at this point. (laughs) So, I mentor a lot of students. I teach a lot of um, you know small classes in different um, group settings, mainly mainly in herbal medicine, though. And so once you know I was back to practice, um, I still had to be very strict with who could and could not come in my office. I do have colleagues around the country who don't allow people to come in if they have any symptoms or you know I still everyone's masked all the time they can't come in the office without a mask even to today and omicron is a whole other animal for us in the new york area it is again being the trendsetters that new york is it is the worst it has ever been my daughter's high school had to shut down because the infection rate got so high um, and they're, they're back, but they're online. They're not back in person because it's just it quadrupled in about two days. It was just mind boggling how fast the infection rate went up. So I'm still doing a lot of herbs and acupuncture, but the time between the initial part of the pandemic and sort of the upgrade to Omicron more recently, I was treating a lot of um, sequela of COVID and sort of long haulers who are having different kinds of other symptoms. So that's sort of a a management that I think I will be doing for the rest of my career. People, I mean, there's probably, you know, a 30 percent long haul rate, it's estimated, and a varying degree of fatigue, brain fog, neurological problems, circulatory issues, because what we've learned about this disease is that it is not really mainly a respiratory disease. It's really a circulatory disease and a neurological disease and it's creating more problems than anybody could have anticipated. So I I have never been so busy since I came back post-quarantine. More patients than ever wanting care, needing care. Um, So it definitely has kept me on my toes for sure. It's a good thing I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, So I know Tiffany has an acupuncturist. Um, (laughs) She's more on the holistic side of things, even though she is a a Western medicine um, practitioner. Um, But if you could explain how acupuncture works for those of us who listening, who have never had it before.
1: Sure. Um, So acupuncture as a, I like to think of it as an art and a science. So oftentimes the way I explain it for new patients when they come in is your body is, you can use so many different metaphors, but I think of it as like a superhighway where things need to be getting so many different places at at the same time. And so it, it gets translated into how well your blood is moving, how well your nerves are circulating, your hormones are releasing. Uh, just every aspect of your body has to be operating simultaneously. And if the superhighway, everything's flowing smoothly through your body, then you're feeling fine. You are in balance, you are in health. But if there's a traffic jam somewhere along that superhighway and things kind of kink up, well, that's when you get a headache. Or that's when you get a stomach ache or some other type of emotional response because we don't really separate physical pain and emotional pain and we can sort of unlock where those traffic jams are by using acupuncture to guide them so the points themselves are on these channels that are like superhighways flowing through the body they're not so much random like stars in the sky but really connected to different pathways so i can needle a point by your big toe that will treat a headache at the top of your head because it's connected through some of those super highways. And depending on how you stimulate the needles, you can treat people who have different kinds of headaches. So it's a very personal medicine, meaning there's no headache point. There's points that address you and your certain type of headache and lifestyle and genetics and this kind of thing. But I think the thing that most people ask me the very first time they come in and they lie down on the table, like a standard massage table is, does it hurt? It's always the first question. And it's a very different sensation than you would expect from a needle. So I often think we did a little bit of a disservice by calling them needles because they're nothing like a hypodermic. We're not injecting anything. We're not removing anything. Those needles are thick because they are hollow and they're sharp. Our needles, the ones that I use most commonly are about 32 to 34 gauge, and you can fit about 20 inside a hypodermic, so they're more like a hair. Than a needle and they're all sterile very very tiny most people are super relaxed when they leave which is always a surprise to them if they've never had acupuncture before because one of the things that acupuncture is particularly good at when it's opening up all of those channels that circulate everything is releasing endorphins which are your body's happy feel-good hormones that make you feel calm relaxed emotionally less wound up and physically less in pain so people kind of leave a little bit on a cloud which is kind of nice and i have people who want to come every single day because they find it so relaxing or it's an opportunity to just kind of take a break it's very meditative for them because they're you know i swear some of my people it's the only time they lie down during the week those 25 minutes that's it the rest of the time they're just you know high-powered running around taking care of their kids or their job or whatever it might be Mm-hmm. So that's a not uncommon use of acupuncture.
0: Right. Yeah. And you know, it's uh for those of you who haven't um had it before it or really even heard of how it works. It's not magical, it's not a mystical sort of thing. It's an actually um it's an evidence-based practice. So you can, you know, look up all of these different things, you know, how it affects the body. Um So I I want, in the interest of saving time, I won't get into that. Um, So if you have any questions specifically on that, um, you know, there's, it's, it's, you, you gave a very simplistic, uh, um, um. Explanation. I appreciate that because it makes it easier. Like, instead of saying, oh, chi and all this kind of stuff, those people don't understand, like, what chi is.
1: I mean, there's ways you can, as you were starting to say, really evaluate what acupuncture is doing because even though it looks like a magic wand, there are measurable biological changes. So you could take a functional MRI, put it on somebody's brain, give them acupuncture, and see pain centers changing and all kinds of things changing in their brain. And there's so many thousands of uh, randomized controlled trials that are acupuncture, no acupuncture, measurable difference, no measurable difference. So it is a science that has evidence behind it. Yeah,
0: yeah. asante. Um, and so I'm going to jump on to Tiffany right now, and then I'm going to come back to you, Carol. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so t- uh, Tiffany, can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your career as a registered nurse and why you like
2: therapies like, um, acupuncture? Sure. Um, well, I've been a nurse for almost 16 years. I started in pediatric emergency, I've done ICU, I've done flight nursing. Um, it was my own health that got me to, um, what we call alternative, what I call original therapies um I have endometriosis and I also had COVID so um even before I had COVID the only thing that really helped me with endo is acupuncture and Chinese medicine I actually got my life back so um I have nothing but good things to say I am an advocate for
0: acupuncture and Chinese medicine so that's my story nice thank you yeah, and I, I didn't know that. So <laughs> I didn't know that until um, you know I saw you post something and I thought, is she doing an acupuncture? What's she talking about? So we we're like, we have to talk. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, so thank you for that. Um so could you explain for us how a virus works and how a vaccine works?
2: Sure. All right, so a very simple explanation so a virus is a very small particle it's a germ it's made up of genetic material and it has a coating um they're very small so they are able to float in the air they can live in water and they can live on surfaces even your face so um, that's why the distancing and masking is so important <clears throat> so to put it into um uh, perspective, if you shake someone's hand and now you have the virus on your hand because they had it, you go to touch your face. The most common points of entry for viruses, the mouth, the nose and the eyes. So that's why most of the PPE or the protective equipment that you see healthcare workers with is shields to cover these areas because those are the most most, uh, popular the most common ways that viruses come into the body so if you have a virus that gets into your body it invades a cell it starts to multiply and then it releases more of itself into the body once it releases into the body then the virus is able to be spread by the host a virus cannot survive without a host so a host could be a human it could be another animal it could even be a plant so once the virus multiplies and then it's released in the body, this is when a person can spread it through sneezing, through coughing, or even speaking. That's what's called shedding. So I don't, you know, you may have heard viral shedding, you may have heard all of those terms with, um, with COVID, but that's what shedding is. So once the host releases it back into the environment, now you've released even more And it's in the environment to be picked up by another host and start the process all over again so that and while this is happening they're very smart they are mutating that's where you get variants so that's why it was important for us to sit down just take a moment and let it do what it was supposed to do and maybe we wouldn't have as many variants i can't say 100 percent but the more opportunity you give them to multiply and the more hosts that you give them, the more you're gonna see mutations and more variants. So that's why the distancing and the masking again, and hand washing is so important.
0: You're muted. I just noticed, I'm like, <laughs> what is this? N- what is this note here saying unmute um anyone so it's telling me to unmute what i was saying was tyrone had a question in the chat um uh, he, should he be taking any precautions about the plants in his home because if the virus can live on a plant
2: um i would say the same precautions that you would take for the surfaces just wash your hands keep your surfaces clean when you go out just make sure you're wearing your mask you're distancing And um, I I don't think there's anything extra that you need to take precaution with because if they're inside of your home, they don't leave. So you would bring it to them. So I would just say, as long as you are being extra careful with your hand washing and masking up and distancing, then you should be fine. As far as COVID goes, now plants can get viruses other than um, COVID. That's just a plant thing. But as far as COVID is concerned, I think you're fine.
0: Asante. So, you know, um, with this whole thing, like the difference between um, COVID and cold and flu, do you have anything, um, you know, that you can add about that?
2: So the coronaviruses, <clears throat> which COVID is a part of, we've known about them for a very long time. It's nothing new this particular, the 19, the COVID-19, that's the new part. So that's kind of what's mystifying the medical and science community because we haven't seen it before. And like Caroline, um, Caroline alluded to, we are seeing effects that we've never seen with other viruses, the neurological, um, the cardiac, All of those things, you don't really see that with the flu, you don't really see that with the common cold. So not only do you have all of these things that happen um, that a person has to live with after, um, it's very new. We don't know what else is coming. We don't know how long it's gonna last. We don't know how long these symptoms are gonna last. You don't know if two years down the road because you had COVID in 2020 or 2021, you don't know if you'll all of a sudden start having symptoms or you'll notice the symptoms. Some people have them and they just don't notice them. So that's that's the difference I would say because it is new and it is behaving differently um, as far as the sequelae. The virus itself is behaving exactly like a virus behaves. It is following the script line by line. So that is not new. It is all the other things that come with it that's new. So that's the that's the difference to me.
0: Okay. And you had you had COVID. Um, can you um, tell us a little bit about that experience and any advice that you have for anyone?
2: Um. So brief version. I like I said, I'm a nurse. I got COVID from work in October of 2020. Um, I got it from my boss and it took me 11 months to recover. I was in that demographic that I wasn't sick enough to be in the hospital, but I was too sick to bounce back. I just didn't bounce back, so I dealt with it at home. I was quarantined for seven and a half weeks. Um, I developed pneumonia. I had brain fog, I had fatigue. I had every symptom except for vomiting. And so it just took me a long time to recover. The respiratory for me was the hardest part. Taking a shower, walking from the bed to the shower, I would be out of breath. And I worked out before I had COVID. I watched what I ate, Um, I took vitamins. So, and that's the other thing. you just you just don't know there is no like with diabetes you can say okay well you're probably more predisposed to diabetes if you eat a lot of sugar or you don't work out or anything like that it does not follow a script when it comes to that I worked out and most of the people in the group that I, I um, that I'm in some of them run marathon or ran marathons so you just you just don't know but I am lucky because number one, I'm here. And number two, um, I was able to get back to some normalcy. And I know a lot of people don't have
0: that. Thank you. we're glad you're okay (laughs) number one so thank you for sharing that and for those uh who kind of joined us a little bit later and didn't hear us in the beginning just wanted to say thank you for joining us and we'll just keep it moving um and we'll try to uh i know uh it said diva so i don't know if you go by that name but she said tiffany hi just in case you don't see the chat so hi and welcome um so uh you know you mentioned brain Fox, so I want to go back to you, Caroline, and just, uh, could you explain how Chinese medicine views COVID um, and what you can tell us about the TCM approach to um, treatment?
1: Sure. So there are, as with all things in Chinese medicine, no single presentation because we have to take into account people's uh, different constitutions, different lifestyles, and the virus sort of takes advantage of people's bodies in different ways so you'll have some people who have very minor response or even asymptomatic and people have really terrible prolonged response like tiffany did and originally the main sort of manifestations seemed to focus around how it was impairing circulation of both blood and body fluids in the body so those are significant to the way we talk about circulation and keeping things again moving through that superhighway and if things were not moving smoothly then you're gonna have accumulations of blood, which is manifesting in lots of microclots that were found um, in people who were hospitalized or even on autopsy in the brain, all over the nervous system, um, in the respiratory system, cardiac events, as well as uh, body fluid disturbances. So there's a lot of fluid thickening in the body. And we talk about that as uh, pathogenically as dampness and phlegm. And it was almost, it, it was unseen before the way that the body fluid accumulations are manifesting because they're almost like glue. The way that people would describe their sensation as um, having this chest pain and pressure that was like cement or like an elephant on your chest. There was so much pressure because all the fluid that's normally in the sacs of the lungs needs to be free flowing and open. And that's what acupuncture and herbal medicine does it keeps everything open and free flowing but it's very hard to work through it when you're sort of like slogging through really really thick glue so this thickness and accumulation makes it really hard to breathe and really hard to focus and function so something like brain fog makes it hard for your head to focus Um, and you can have you know simple manifestations of that like congestion in your head your nose your ears Um, it it can block sensory experience so in the first rounds of covid when we saw a lot of um, taste and smell impairment. That's impairment that is, seems less common in the Omicron variant, but um, that is the idea that you're just not having appropriate movement and circulation of fluids and blood through the body. So that's how we talk about it um, and treat it verbally is we talk about Uh, circulating and unblocking blood flow and circulating and regulating the water pathways through the body so they're not getting thick and congested and making it difficult to think or focus or hear or breathe or walk. And Tiffany's experience that she shared about getting tired, just going from the shower to the bed is one I heard so much from my patients in the early days that the no matter how healthy they started out in the beginning, this sits in a category in Chinese medicine that's sort of in this miscellaneous pestilence. It's different from anything else that we treat and anything else we talk about and it can hit you like a ton of bricks again you could be the healthiest person in the world and i had people tell me i couldn't even walk across a room without taking a break without taking a rest for months i mean it really just knocked them for a loop so um you know sort of getting all of this sticky accumulated Lack of circulation moving better in the body is part one, but then we have to kind of recover. And how can we bring your body's energy back so that you're fully functioning, you're focusing, you're smelling, you're tasting, and a bunch of other things that you normally would want to do to feel better. Um, I do rely very heavily on herbs to treat that. So I am primarily an herbal professor, teacher and mentor, even though I use herbs and acupuncture, both in my practice because they can be used on a daily basis. Those were the ones that I was driving to people's houses and I'm still dispensing. I still have COVID patients now that I will come and we do like a. A curb drop. I leave them outside my door and they come and pick them up. So they don't come into the office. Cause I'm terrified of being like a vector of transmission somehow, even in the New York area, I have escaped this so far. I feel like the sharks have been circling for years and somehow I have been really, really lucky. So I keep counting, you know, my, um, my lucky stars and we test all the time. We're super, super careful. Uh, but for my patients who were just unlucky for whatever reason, there are recourses and the herbs make a really big difference for them um, for both the acute phase, but as well the recovery phase, uh, which I've seen in just so many different manifestations. Mm-hmm.
0: Asante. Um, you know, one of uh, um Tyrone, I, ha- I have your question, so I'm going to get to that uh, next. So thank you for that. Um because I, I was expecting Lisa to be here. So thank you for reminding me about that. I'll get to that in just a moment. Um, so, uh, Caroline, one of my friends, um, well, in the state of Alabama, which is where I'm from, acupuncture is not regulated, right? So, you know, the the, the acupuncturists who are there, um, the true acupuncturists, I'll say that, Uh, they've, they've been licensed in another state, maybe a neighboring state, Mississippi, Florida, you know, something like that. Um, so when my, uh, a lot of people don't really know that, you know, like who to follow because there are some people who are doing dry needling, there are chiropractors, you know, uh, saying they, some say they're acupuncturists but I see some people now just saying they do acupuncture but they're not really saying they do, they do dry needling. The first thing I'd like for you to explain is the difference between acupuncture and dry needling, but the other thing I, my um my my friend she got covid the first round. You know the, the when covid first appeared on the scene, she got covid um and she had pneumonia really badly uh and they put her on like uh, several rounds of like the strongest antibiotics and because of the antibiotics, not COVID, the antibiotics, uh, that regimen has, uh, damaged to her liver and her kidneys now. So just wanted to say that like there, it's more than just like people being afraid of, hey, um, yeah, I was wondering too. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. Um, uh, so It's not just like to to be just concerned about getting the virus, but all of these other things with the treatments that come along with it and, you know, how you can bounce back to that stuff. So the first thing, if you wouldn't mind, is uh, about the uh, dry needling versus acupuncture.
1: Sure. So the dry needling versus acupuncture has been an ongoing discussion for the last several years and many states um, it has been like, for example, in New Jersey, where I am now, the Attorney General, uh, about two, three years ago, sent out a cease and desist letter to all the physical therapists and the chiropractors in the state claiming to do dry needling because dry needling is acupuncture. And in order to practice acupuncture, you need to have a license to do so. And in order to get a license from the state to do so, you have to have fulfilled a certain number of qualifications, including graduating with a four-year master's degree, passing board exams, and all these other things. So. They said no, but right now there's a very strong lobby and in many states you can do dry needling as a physical therapist or as a chiropractor. A medical doctor can pretty much do anything, but um, it is written into their scope of practice. So what is concerning to acupuncturists is that you can perform dry needling with a couple of weekends of training. you know, separate from my experience with acupuncture, I have a four-year master's plus an extra year and a half to finish my doctorate on top of that. So that's very different than a couple of weekends of acupuncture. Even though they know anatomy really well, understanding and using acupuncture in a diagnostically relevant way is practiced very differently. So if you've ever had dry needling or if you're familiar with it at all, it is very aggressive needling. It's a little bit closer to um, Stacy, if you remember, Tri-State had a specific um, teacher when they were still open that did trigger point needling and this was basically take the needle and just needle the muscle until it just spasms so much that it gives up the ghost basically. It's very aggressive but can very be very effective in certain types of musculoskeletal injury and spasming. I have seen a lot of very bad dry needling that has bruised and damaged people, punctured lungs and other things that are kind of horrifying. So when people say, oh, I'm just getting dry needling, I'm like, no, you're actually getting acupuncture. You need to make sure someone who's practicing that is actually qualified to do so. So I can't speak to every state. Same with the acupuncture. Like I'm stunned that Alabama still doesn't regulate it. It's maybe one of three states in the country that doesn't. I mean most of them have slowly tiptoed their way forward in, in regulating it. And I'm I'm hoping that there will be a small but mighty crowd that moves that forward um for the people of the state because it's really it's super unfortunate. So that's part A. Um and then part B was I forgot already. What was part B <laughs> you had a second uh,
0: just about, you know, just not thinking it's just the virus that they should be concerned about, just the viral infections, the actual treatment.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. so that's actually a great question, because if you remember in the beginning, there was a lot of, try this, try that, Um, hydroxy, blah, 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 blah. Ivermectin, the number of people I treated who were given Ivermectin, who were made violently ill, was profound. They'd call me and say, well, I have nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and I'm like, really? When did that start? When I started taking the Ivermectin, so, okay. You have to treat what's in front of you. So, whatever the cause is, when somebody comes into my office, I look at exactly what their symptoms are whether they were caused by the virus or caused by the treatment for the virus and you know all medication can have terrible side effects on liver and kidney clearance as well as digestion and antibiotics are notorious for destroying the microbiome and causing a lot of digestive distress and that can impair how well you can absorb nutrients and rebuild your body after using them particularly prolonged and powerful ones so um we would then like with everything, assess what they're presenting with. So if they come in and they say, I have you know, nausea, vomiting, and digestive distress, we're gonna focus on their version of what that might be. How strong is their body? If they're very robust, we can use stronger treatments. If they're a lot weaker, we may have to be more gentle and come at it a little bit more slowly and nourish and build them back up from that. But there are as many side effects from medications as there are from the virus. So definitely seeing both of them. I hope that answers your question
0: yeah it does thank you very much um and you know just just for those like just to piggyback on what you're saying um you know w- with with acupuncture the whole diagnostic process is totally different from western medicine so you're not looking at like um you know somebody saying oh i got covid or oh i have back pain or oh my headache uh, you know, I have a headache. We're looking for the root cause and looking, you know, for the 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 presentation, the overall presentation. It's really nice to know that you're a diabetic or you're this or that. But you know, each person is different and they react to things differently. So that's why Caroline was talking about your constitution and all this. This it's, there's no cookie cutter sort of way to handle uh, an acupuncture diagnosis or treatment. Um, it's it's about your individual pattern. Um, Diva, where where are you located? Are you in Birmingham? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so in Birmingham, uh, I would recommend uh, Dr. Ashley Lundy. And um, she is in Trustful. Her, uh, she's a dot acupuncture.com. I'll put something in the comments, but her name is Dr. Ashley Lundy. She's in Trustful. Um, she has a great practice. Uh, actually, in the state of Alabama, I interned with the person who who uh, formed uh, the nonprofit called um, Advancement of Ori- Oriental Medicine in Alabama. She's an acupuncturist and um, a licensed acupuncturist and naturopathic doctor. She's in Tuscaloosa, but if you're in Birmingham, I would definitely uh, recommend you go to see Ashley. Uh, She's actually going to be on with us at the end of the month because uh, of treating people for cancer with acupuncture. So, but she's really, really good. Um, Hold on, let me see here. Here's something we don't have. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Uh, the last couple of people who have popped in. um, And, you know, we're open to all of your questions, you know, and sharing your experience. Um, The other uh, question, and then I'm going to jump back to you, Tiffany. is uh tyrone actually someone else had this question but i think i uh kind of talked to you about this a little bit before caroline but the nac um is it is it uh can you tell us what you know about that
1: so i think i sent you um some information on nac i don't actually use it it's not in my scope of practice i'm very specific to chinese herbs so i don't use nutraceuticals or vitamins or other types of supplements but um, NAC is a supplement that a chiropractor that I work with uses quite a bit for patients who have allergies to help kind of boost up their immune system so they're more resistant to um, things that cause their allergies or asthma to flare and keep their immune system strong. So you can see the um, line of thought where if it's good for your immune system, then maybe it's going to be helpful for something that's viral. I do not have any experience with it because, again, I don't prescribe it, nor have I seen it used in this particular case. However, when you asked me that question, um, of course, I looked it up and there have been a lot of different trials trying to use it as part of the cocktail for patients who have COVID to perhaps keep their symptoms from becoming more severe. But I also saw that the FDA has banned NAC. so even though you can buy it on Amazon or wherever you want, but there's this whole um, push to get NAC back legally available. I think the concerns are that there's no standardized dose and it's hard to be clear what you're actually getting in the tablets. So when I'm using um, the herbs that I use, they're either the actual herbs, right? The roots and the twigs and the berries. So I know exactly what it is, or it's a powdered version of the same. And so I know it's not contaminated, I know how much dose it is, I know what my sources are. Um, with pills, I, which I very rarely use because you can't change the ingredients, you can't modify it for patients or single those supplements. I don't have a lot of experience with that, but I understand what the, um, the approach was attempting to do from reading it. And you can look into a lot of research on it, but I can't really mm-hmm. spend any more on that.
0: Yeah, Asante. Tiffany, have you ever heard of that?
1: I
2: have not heard of it used for COVID, but I, um, my naturopathic doctor had me on it for endo and it actually, actually helped that in combination with a few other things, but I have not heard about it being used for COVID.
0: So that's me, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, Um, no. So unfortunately, um, the person who had introduced that um, question, um, she's not on here with us. So she can't like really. So I'm not going to try to speak for her. But I I know she um, she said that uh, her her entire family had uh, COVID and that was a part of her regimen. And she's doing well, but she's also uh, you're welcome. Um, She's also. Uh, she's really into herbs herself. Like, uh, so she may have a constitution that lends her to be able to bounce back from things, uh, you know, more easily than others. And so uh, just on that alone, the immune system, you know, um, uh, I'll I'll start with you, Tiffany. Can you give any advice about, you know, things that can help on a new, new nutritional level uh, for, uh, immune system development or management. Uh, mute. Immu- <laughs> You're doing like me. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: um, I focused on an anti- anti-inflammatory diet. I personally follow the blood type diet. Um, for endo but when I got COVID, I definitely made sure that I was avoiding foods that would increase the inflammation. Um, So a lot of plants, basically, Um, lots of plants. I Herbals, um, elderberry, there's different types of roots. I make tea, boil tea, boil them down similar to the Chinese herbs, same concept same concept Um, I'm just if it comes from the earth and we know what it can do that's my first line then I step it up only if that does not work after I've tried it after I have a practitioner that has tweaked it if that does not work then maybe I'll think about medicine but my first line is always whatever comes from the earth so essential oils herbs any of that so that's and find a practitioner, find a practitioner that you trust, find a practitioner that um, is, is really credible, because that's good to have them in your corner too, because you can get a lot of misinformation off of the internet. It's a lot of good information, but it's also a lot of bad and misguided information. So I think that's the important part too, is to have a practitioner that you trust. All
0: right, thank you. Um, and Caroline, um, same question, like, um, yeah. Sorry.
1: <laughs> so, I'm sorry. The question regarding
0: uh just uh like preventative methods, any any advice that you have?
1: Oh, so much for,
0: for boosting the immune system or whatever you think is best.
1: So, you know, it was actually, it was, it's a great question because there was some concern, especially in the early days that people, if they boosted their immune system too much might actually go into this kind of cytokine storm. And I'm sure Tiffany remembers this, where they get this hyper responsive reaction. Um, if you were following sort of the early patterns of mortality, it actually, although affecting both genders equally, um, COVID seemed to be killing men more. And women tend to have much stronger, more robust immune systems which is why they often have much more common autoimmune diseases because your immune system just works so much stronger which is preventative against things like covid but can cause other kinds of problems and there was some concern that if you took too many immune stimulants that you could actually throw yourself into this hyperimmune immune state meaning you have like an autoimmune response that causes all kinds of crises so that was a concern in the beginning i think it's less of a concern now and so preventatively I'm about really the simplest measures is, um, and Tiffany mentioned this earlier, um, being super careful about masking, washing your hands, keeping your distance. I don't go anywhere without a mask, especially now because the Omicron is so contagious. I, I mean, in my car, that's about the only place I go without a mask. Um, other than that, I always have one on. I don't go into a store. I barely walk down the street to the coffee shop. Um, the masking really makes a difference and we've all upgraded. I mean, there was the big cloth mask revolution. Now everyone's into KN95s. My daughter, who's in college, can't go back unless she has the really high-grade medical mask. Like, they just won't let them in class without them. And I am very pro-vaccine. I know you didn't want to bring that into the conversation, but the people that are in the hospital now and the people that are dying, they're all unvaccinated i mean exponentially unvaccinated so the vaccines really really help the boosters really help and um even though people are there's no guarantee it's going to 100% protect you from everything you probably won't get that sick and you probably won't die so i'm super pro vaccine pro mask pro wash your hands you know just be smart about general lifestyle in terms of eating Same as Tiffany. I really try to practice what I preach. So I eat primarily a plant-based diet of whole foods. I cook my own foods more or less. I don't eat a lot of packaged foods, processed foods. Um, Minimizing sugar is one of the most important ways you can reduce inflammation, particularly non-natural sugars. Obviously, you know fruits and vegetables have some amount of sugar, but sugar is the biggest demon of them all, I have to say. And the less you can have of it, the better your system will be for it. Um, I, you know, having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine from time to time, I think is fine. But like everything else, be kind of Buddhist about it. In moderation, you mostly will be okay. But you have to get adequate rest. That for me is number one. If I don't get enough sleep, there's a problem. So I'm a hundred percent on board with getting eight hours every single night if I can, if not more. Um, making sure that you're moving every single day. You get some fresh oxygen in your body that helps you both process things on a physical and an emotional level. And there's some of the easiest things to do, but some of the hardest things to do, right? Feeding yourself, getting your rest and moving your body. So not, there's nothing new under the sun for all of those, but I don't know if that or my just spectacular constitution has kept me from catching this so far <laughs> now that I've jinxed it but you don't know, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen.
0: Right? <laughs> That's right. It. You just do your best. Right. Asante, And you know, this is like a question for both of you. And then I'm going to come back to the vaccine. Um, just a question. Um, so um, high blood pressure, we know that pain and certain health conditions kind of spike high blood pressure. Um, have you noticed either one of you that uh, people who may not have had a blood pressure issue um, now having, you know, elevated, a long-term elevated blood pressure?
1: Um, I've actually noticed a lot of things that people have had that have to do with their circulatory system. People that were probably pre-diabetic and didn't know it went into full-blown diabetes um, and other endocrine disorders. Um, blood pressure one of them um i mean a bunch of things that were probably teetering on the edge that their system just said i can't fight this anymore and it really kind of pushed them over into that so i i would say more than i would have expected i have i can't quantify it but i would say yeah
0: okay tiffany were you about to say something
1: same thing um Mm -hmm.
2: I haven't seen it in practice, but a lot of the groups that I'm in, the COVID long hauler groups, that's such a common thing. And like um, like Caroline said, it's circulatory. It all comes back to a certain group of things. That was what common. is long COVID? What is that? So as what I was told is, you still have symptoms outside of a six to eight week period after your initial um, after your initial acute phase of COVID. Got it.
0: Mm-hmm. Asante. So Caroline, it back keeps, to you. It,
2: huh? that, that six to eight, it keeps changing. The the time frame keeps changing, but I think that's the most recent what they've said, six to eight weeks outside of your acute phase.
1: So much of what we're learning is literally in real time. So it's changing so much. And, you know, you're no longer contagious, but you're still unwell is sort of a very generalized way to look at it. But the manifestations are, you know, things like long term sensory deficits, loss of, you know, smell, taste, um, a lot of ringing in the ears that just comes out of nowhere. Um, Brain fog. I had one man say he drove down the street that he lives on, he's lived on for many, many years, and he got to the stop sign and he did not know what to do. He said, I have been at that stop sign 120 times, and I did not, I was like, what do I do? He was horrified because it was like having a type of dementia, which is really disturbing and scary to people. I have people that have come in with um, tingling and numbness in their limbs and they have it nonstop. And I have to say acupuncture is really good at it. I mean, it it Mm -hmm. does help minimize or eliminate the symptoms fairly quickly. So there are people who, you know, on the front end of this had very bad um, response who recovered very quickly. And there are people who had almost no symptoms who later developed terrible long COVID. So there's no one-to-one relationship either, which is one of the other complicating factors of this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. So I, I, I just wanted to, to recommend to everyone, I mean, you, you can, you're you getting from both Caroline and Tiffany about the effectiveness of acupuncture, you know, from a practitioner standpoint, and then from someone who has had COVID and had acupuncture and herbal medicine to, you know, help her to recover. Um, and she's dealt with long COVID. I can tell you that, you know, Uh, Well, I'll say this. I would recommend that you definitely find an acupuncturist uh, in your area. Um, You can go to nccaom.org and um, find um, an acupuncturist or you can, you know, send an email to me or if you're on my Facebook or you're connected to someone here, you know, I can get a recommendation for you for your area. Um, But you know, one thing about acupuncture, normally the way that it works is that you're, you you know, we're we're not into this thing to kind of keep you as a long-term, forever patient. It's about getting you well and letting you go on your way, you know, getting yourself back into balance. And, you know, just as the universe is in this cyclic thing about, you know, change, the body is doing that as well. So to go in, even if you have an acupuncturist that you see quarterly, just to get your tune up every time the seasons change your body changes you know because things are changing on the outside what kind of foods are offered to you naturally are changing so sometimes you're out of balance you get back into sync and right now is the time that you might need to see one every month if you have some other uh conditions going on you may have to see someone every week but but you know it just depends on what's going on going on with you and i would say Think about the quality of your life. A lot of people like think, oh, well, you know, maybe acupuncture isn't under their insurance plan. It's not covered. If you can go to budget yourself to spend $300 a month on unnecessary things like, you know, having going out to your favorite restaurant every weekend or budgeting to see a movie or budgeting to do whatever that has nothing to do with your self-care, and then later on, you're just so sick for, for 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 no reason. I you know I'm just begging you to put yourself first and the quality of your life first, and you know try try your best to find an acupuncturist. Um, you know, and I I always uh, focus on integrative medicine. That's what we were always taught. You know, I'm not saying get rid of your primary care physician or anything like that. You need a team. You want a massage therapist. You need you know you need all of this stuff because it's all about this whole you know whole self sort of thing. So definitely get that. Acupuncture does help. Acupuncture helps with so many different things. But someone was talking about back pain. Um, you know, neurological disorders, just because, you know, there's one thing with a virus, a virus goes away on its own. Your body needs to fight that. But acupuncture can help you with that. Like what things are actually out of balance that maybe even nutrition isn't helping you. And why doesn't nutrition help you? Maybe your spleen and stomach function is a bit off. Where it's, you know, when when you're thinking about Chinese medicine, because the way we look at things is a little bit differently than Western medicine, the way Western medicine looks at things. But if you think about like your grandma, you know, or your mom, you know, the way they used to give you home remedies and things, it's about balancing things out, right? So, um, you know, definitely um, try to do that. I'm gonna give people uh, a chance now just to pop in with your questions, but just on the vaccine, I just wanted to say this, uh, Caroline, um, you know, what I was noticing, I, I'm not vaccinated, I'm not dealing with that stuff here um, I uh, that, that you guys are dealing with in the U.S. You know, I'm in Tanzania, and so we don't have that same kind of issue. So I don't even really even think about a vaccine. And um, but what, what I... So that that's what, you know, like, I don't know uh, what, where it finds some sort of condition all of a sudden, ah, unstable. Can you guys hear me? You can hear me?
1: You were out, you were out for a little yeah. bit, you're back.
0: Ah, okay, sorry. So uh, what, what I was noticing is that some people, when they were getting the vaccine or um, they were getting um, uh, the booster, sometimes they, uh, something else cropped up where they didn't even know, like all of a sudden they have a heart attack or they have a stroke. Like, um, you know, is is there anything that you can say about, like, I don't know, advice about stuff that you don't even know about? I I guess it's hard for me to say because you you don't even know, like if, if someone, if you don't even know that you have a cardiovascular, an underlying condition, that the vaccine because you're actually getting the virus through the vaccine so how does
1: you're not okay okay the virus itself is um one way to get immunity right so it attacks your body you develop these antibodies to it and they kill it and if it comes back again your body has this antibody force that says oh danger something's here um the vaccine actually is giving your body and it's a somewhat novel, but not brand new. I think that was a concern for lots of people. This is actually based on science that's been around for more than a decade from the first SARS epidemic. If you remember in the early 2000s, there was a SARS Mm -hmm. epidemic in China and the MERS epidemic Mm -hmm. in the Middle East, where they developed this mRNA technology where they can actually manipulate the virus in a different way, um, which is very easy to develop. So you can develop vaccines quickly, you can change them quickly. Um, there's so much we don't know about it. Um, I will say people initially were concerned because there are side effects, but there are side effects with flu vaccine and shingles vaccine and all kinds of vaccines. Um, but that's a sign your immune system's working, right? Your immune system's working. Uh-huh charging up. Um, I have seen people have side effects from the vaccine that were unexpected. I have not seen heart attacks or stroke. I have seen people have allergic responses, but those happen. People are allergic to all kinds of things. Um, The only patient I've had out of the hundreds of people I've seen since this epidemic was one woman who developed a terrible neurological condition called acute transverse myelitis, and she was paralyzed, but it has returned. So most of even the horrifying ones people seem to have recovered from for the most part. Again, I have a very small sample size, um, Mm -hmm. but the vaccine itself is not putting the virus in you. It is putting your body into shape to recognize it if it comes along. So um, it's Uh, not exactly the same thing.
0: Got it. So thank you for that clarification. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, So can you, um, with telemedicine, can you take patients or are you taking patients that are outside of the state of New York?
1: So I'm only licensed in New York and New Jersey and it's telemedicine is fairly new-ish in a way. Um, so <laughs> I can, if I'm legally sitting at my desk in a state where I am licensed, I can prescribe something. I am So the state of New Jersey requires me to be licensed. State of New York requires me to be licensed. I have to be certified in herbs in New Jersey, but not in New York. It's very confusing, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. where the patient is might have different rules. So there could be patients in Georgia, Illinois, or California that their state says, sure, as long as the practitioner is in a state where they are licensed, legally able to prescribe. But there's other states that say if they're not in the same state, you can't prescribe it. And I spoke to a friend of mine who's an attorney who basically said, this is not case law yet until a case comes up where somebody has an issue because they prescribed herbs out of state and then there's a ruling for it so it's sort of up in the air i guess ultimately now i do a lot of telemedicine since the Mm -hmm. pandemic i have a great electronic medical system it's all embedded so you can't get zoom bombed or anything um Mm -hmm but they're mainly local patients in New York, New Jersey that I prescribe to, and then I can send herbs all over the place from one of my herb shops.
0: Got it, got it, Asante. Um, Would you mind uh, giving people who are in the areas where you are licensed? uh, Because I know there are a couple of people on here, at least that are in New York. Uh, or in that area, um, uh, can you give your information, how they can contact you?
1: Sure, if you see my name as it's written here, that is my website, carolineredice.com. So if you go to my website, (laughs) it couldn't be any easier. Um, (laughs) You can read all about me. You can book directly through the website. If you book an herbal consultation, it automatically books us telemedicine
0: got it asante and tiffany was there anything uh any closing remarks before people come in with their questions
2: no just just be safe wash your hands wear your mask be distant
0: and just wait it out i promise it's worth it asante uh so now opening for any and all questions experience sharing just unmute yourself and go for it oh there are physicians that work with or on the vaccine talking against the vaccine. Why are, hold on. Why are others pushing the vaccine? Cheraldine, can you unmute? Dr. Cook, Blair. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Okay. (laughs) Um, yes. Could you ask your question? Yes. Um, I've received, um, videos on several,
2: um, doctors who have worked on, um, worked with the vaccine and they're talking against the vaccine based on, um, what is actually in it and what it will affect inside the body. And so they are basically talking against it. So I was basically wondering why other physicians that have not basically um, created or worked with this vaccine, pushing the vaccine.
0: Either one of you want to take that question?
1: (laughs) Um, Sure, I'll answer the question. So there are a lot of people with a lot of opinions, as you know. Um, There are a lot of discredited people who are also speaking on both sides who have a lot of opinions. So opinions are not the same as fact. The only facts that I can share is that COVID is way worse than the vaccine, I mean, exponentially worse. So my concerns are that people are putting their life at risk unnecessarily and the issues with the vaccine are so much less than those with the virus so a lot of people have said i don't know what's in it or i don't like what's in it i said do you know what's in the air you're breathing do you know what's in your tylenol do you know what's in every other medication food everything else you don't you're, you're not i'm not a virologist i don't pretend to be a virologist but I know what I see with the patient population. I know that people who are vaccinated are not getting sick or getting very minimally sick, and people who are unvaccinated are the ones filling the hospital. So if, heaven forbid, my daughter falls down the stairs and needs to go to the hospital, she might not be able to get in because it's filled with unvaccinated people. And I feel very strongly about this, um, just from a practitioner and a parent point of view, that it is saving a lot of lives. And if we'd had you know, the opportunity to get them disseminated further both internationally and nationally i think this might have moved past a whole lot sooner i think it's it's unnecessary that on many levels that this is going on as long as it is although on the other hand i'm actually shocked that i've lived my entire life without actually going through a pandemic because most of the world through most of history has suffered through pandemics so we were actually really lucky for a while so that's my silver lining. <laughs>
0: Gotcha. Thank you. Um, Dr. Dr. Cook, did you have any other questions? Um, Dominique had a question, uh, any words on the benefits of sunlight to prevent, um, and or help with treating COVID?
2: So what I um, have heard is, so your sunlight helps with vitamin D. So it's actually the vitamin D that um, they thought it would help as far as your uh, building your immune system. But just like Caroline said, it's that fine line between getting what you need and then too much and then throwing you into that cytokine storm. So um, I think it was more of the vitamin D because you need sunlight to be able to <clears throat> produce the vitamin D. Um, so I think that that's the link between the sunlight and, um, and COVID and vitamin D.
0: Thank you. Next question. Um, Tyrone says I have grandkids that signed up to play basketball. What should I do to protect them and myself? <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, I think I, I think what uh, what was being um, said about, you know, Keeping your hands clean, masking, distancing, um, you know, and if you, um, you know, whether you want to do the vaccine or not, the, the, the suggestion is definitely that the vaccine helps. Um, so uh, should I just wait until next year? Ah, well, uh, should you wait until next year to do what? To let them play? Because, you know, my thing is like we're saying that we we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know that it was going to give a new variant. And who knows what the next variant could be if there's a variant that comes up? Who knew that we would be going into the third year of dealing with this? So I I, I wouldn't say that, um, you know, the best advice is to tell you to wait until next year, because what if next year says now you have to wait another? Um, yeah, see, you still can't unmute. I understand. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's an individual decision that you have to make based on what you feel the most comfortable with, you know, and knowing what's going on in the school system, what's going on in your city with infection rates. You know, I would err on the side of caution with, you know, you're thinking about your, your own health and then who's around you. So, so that was something that we were talking about before. So, if you if you have kids that are in every activity, or people go into concerts and then they're coming to your house and you know they're hanging out in your house and then they go somewhere else and then they're coming back to your house, you don't know what they're bringing back and forth. So, you have to think about yourself as well as not just about thinking about what's going on with your grandkids because someone could bring some variant home to you, or they may be kind of. Uh, asymptomatic, and they're not getting tested, and you don't know, and they're around you. So th- there are so many different factors to consider in answering that question. You have to just make what is the best decision for for self, and and thinking about self, and I'm meaning specifically yourself. Um, you know, and what them going out doing things. You can it, look. Kids are kids. You know, they're not going to keep that mask on, and if they're, you know, the 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 mask actually you know it makes you feel like you can't breathe sometimes too right so when they're playing and they're out of breath they may take that mask off and if they're right around each other or you know they're not washing like playing and then washing their hands and throw the basketball somebody threw me a basket you know so there's so many um different things to 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 really consider that and i i would just say to kind of sit and have a powwow with the parents of your grandkids and try to figure out what is best for everybody instead of just like looking for um you know there's there's no one good answer i'll just say that yeah um mary thank you for joining us Um, Barry, thank you for joining us. I see my sisters on here, Tyra, you know, thank you all for joining us. I still haven't looked at my Facebook page. Ah, thank you, you unmuted. Dr. Peter,
3: Dr. Cheryl. Good evening, or I don't know, what time is this? One o'clock in your time out there?
0: Uh, It's two, three o'clock now, my time, so.
3: And so you're not getting your proper rest, are you? I
0: did get my rest according to the Chinese uh, the, the time clock. I should be sleeping right now, but I did rest today to get ready for this. So
3: I'm rested. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. And I, I, I was looking for it on my phone. I couldn't find it. But I just asked just to see if anybody is, has heard about this new variant in France that has 46 mutations and the experts in France are extremely worried Uh, I believe there's like about 12 people who have it now in France that it it identified I think they came uh, from out of Africa but I don't remember specifically what country may have been Cameroon and I just was wondering uh, what do you think about the constant mutation I think Omicron had, what, 36 spikes, protein spikes or something like that? Or was it 12? But this one they're saying has 46 mutations. And I am believing that... Uh, I'm I'm of the thought of that if this thing has 46 mutations, and prayerfully that is not as transmissible as um, Omicron. It won't transmit as rapidly, and, but there's no... Um, Immediate uh, restrictions on France, like it was on Africa, when they came up and identified the Omicron. But then again, who's surprised about that? Nevertheless, uh, what do you, have you heard about this vax, uh, this 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 variant? And what do you think about the the virility of a mut, of a mutation uh, that has 40 a variant that has 46 mutations?
2: So I heard about it from another person, but I don't like to put things out there if I have not verified it myself. So I can say that I did hear two other people mention it. So there was an article
3: on it, I was looking for it, but there was an article on it. I just
2: haven't seen it, so I I won't speak on it if I haven't done my own research. That's just my personal um, preference. but um, And I'm not a virologist, so I don't know as far as like spikes mutations, transmissibility, I don't, I don't really know um, if more mutations means it's more transmissible or, you know, uh, more contagious. I I don't know. So I can't personally speak to that. I'm sorry.
3: Well, I know the Delta had two. Is that correct?
2: I'm not sure about that either.
3: Okay. Well...
1: Um, I haven't heard of this mutation yet. The only thing I can say on the topic in general is that- I'm gonna try to
3: find it for you though, go ahead.
1: Sure, is that it is in the nature of a virus to mutate, certainly. Yes. However, the more people, so because I'm in the New York area, I'm sort of swimming in it. So I have a very different experience than many of you who maybe aren't in such- I'm in
3: New York also.
1: Okay, so then you're in it as well.
3: Um, Please don't remind me.
1: So the more people that are getting infected, I mean, we have had exponential rates of infection higher than any time during the pandemic over the last month. And what we hope is that so many people are getting infected that we're actually going to get closer to herd immunity here. Now, the rest of the country and the world may have not had their their experience with this quite yet, but it is not in the nature of a virus to get stronger and more virulent because it would actually kill off all the hosts in which it could survive. So it's more likely to become less virulent, but possibly more transmissible because a virus wants to survive, right? That's Darwinian. In, uh, that be. I found
3: it. Uh, I'm gonna send it over to you, Stacy.
1: Okay,
0: Asante.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Asante.
0: And if you guys, um, anybody, um, if I don't have your email addresses, if you could drop your email um, into the chat and I'll, um, you know, send you the, the link uh, if you wanted to share this with others uh, because it is being recorded. And just to get information about future, um, uh, our, our future uh, Wellness Friday meetings.
3: Um, I, just, hmm? I just sent it to you on your messenger actually.
0: Oh, okay, can you drop it in the chat here too? As well, thank you, Dominique.
3: Uh, that's on a whole different what you call it. So, I'm on like uh, a different it's Trust me, I sent it where I know that you would get it. Um, <laughs> okay, look, look, I, I don't have everything set up in this new device. Just I'm learning Chromebook, man, and it's like, yo, know, I'm navigating through this thing. I had to go to my phone and pull it up from a different phone and so I sent it to where I know that you can get it so you check your messenger or okay you me-
0: I will check my messenger and for your those messenger.
3: if I I'll if send I it, it in Facebook your- if you want to. Huh?
0: You
3: want me send it in Facebook?
0: Sure, that's fine. Thank you very much. Okay. Um you know I, I, I thank everyone um who joined us today and a special thank you to my, my guest practitioners here for sharing this really helpful information, especially right now. Um, I think it is really needed. Um, I appreciate everyone's questions and thank you for just being present. I appreciate that a lot. And just to let you know about our, um, we have, uh, you, if you keep this Zoom link, because I keep the same, it's just a re- recurring Zoom. Uh, next Friday, we're talking about um, having a health coach, right? So sometimes, you you need someone to help you along the way, help you like this is kind of like a coaching session, you know, uh, a very informal group coaching session, but you know how that can help. So you'll have some people uh, joining who have actually been using a health coach and uh, what they're using it for, totally different reasons um, and how, how things are helping or how things are not helping, you know, what they're using it for and what you can use it for. And just so you can ask some questions. So we're talking about stress management, uh, diabetes, pain management, all sorts of things. You know, we're in a new time of, you know, this whole telemedicine, you can't see people, but you may need some help. Like really, we, we need some help. So uh, that one is next Friday. The Friday after I have another acupuncturist who's actually from uh, originally from New Zealand. Uh, she's in Australia. So she's been practicing since the the 70s. So um, it's about this holistic way of handling uh, birthing uh, women's health, involving uh, the whole family as, you know, as far as we're getting away from the whole family being together to support and, you know, coming up together. Uh, so it's, it's a really, really interesting take, um, you know. And she's got some classes coming up, so uh, I'll, I'll send you that information. But that's on uh, Friday, the 21st, and then the last Friday of the month, it's the 28th. Uh, a friend of mine uh, had gotten uh, esophageal cancer, and um, he used, uh, he was getting chemotherapy. But he also used acupuncture and herbs. Uh, Actually, the uh, doctor, um, Dr. Lundy, um, uh, Dominique, I I, um, um, recommended her to you. So I put her information in the chat, but she she has been treating him and still treating him. And he says that that was what helped him along with, you know, reading some books about nutrition therapy and everything. He's cancer free now. And so that was just last year, um, you know, so he's, he's coming on and talking about that. So anybody like, um, you know, uh, I, I, I would think that you would want to join on that one because anybody, uh, everybody on here knows someone who has dealt with cancer or someone who's dealing with cancer and how acupuncture, you know, can help you get through it, heal faster, what that's all about. So she'll be explaining that. So you can use the same, the exact same Zoom link uh, to get that. So um, again, thank you. Are there any um, other questions before we close out for the evening? Thank y'all very much. I'm going to stop recording right now and come off of live.